Dr. C here. Before we begin, I'd like to make sure that you're aware that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is a leading provider of online therapy, and they provide video, phone, or live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. It's affordable, and you can connect with your therapist within 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to our surviving narcissism listeners, they'll offer a 10% discount for your first month of professional therapy. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com, that's betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast. I know that many of you would find online therapy to be quite life-changing, and so go to betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast, and many thanks to the people at BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast. I'm Michaela, the Program Director, and I would like to start this episode with a quick introduction. For those of you not familiar with Surviving Narcissism, it is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience, specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. This week, Dr. C's topic is, Is Narcissism the Same as Evil? Hey there, Team Healthy. Well, I want to talk to you today about a a difficult topic, and it's one that I actually addressed on one of my uh, YouTube uh, videos not too long ago, but I want to take the same topic and expand on it quite a bit here today. It's the topic of evil. And the question that we want to explore is, is narcissism basically a form of evil? Now, the short answer is yes. When you take the characteristics of narcissism, you can see that there's a uh, a harsh negativity that goes with each of the defining features of uh, that uh, that pattern of life. Narcissism, for example, when you have a need to control another person, the implication is that you uh, don't see them as being uh, up to uh, speed with respect to their ability to make decisions. If you have a, a, an inclination towards manipulation. Uh, it's, it's your way of saying that you see another individual as a tool or as a person to be exploited. When you have an attitude of superiority, which is part of narcissism, the implication is you see other individuals as lowly and having no value or worth other than what they can do for you in the moment. Uh, when you have this lack of empathy, the implication is why in the world would I care about you because it's all about me? The, the primary ingredients of narcissism tend to go hand in hand with uh, with evil. Now, uh, let's, let's see if we can go a little in that direction of defining evil and get an idea of what we're talking about. When you tend to hear the word evil, what kind of uh, connotation comes to mind with that? And usually we tend to think of somebody that's way down on the far end of the narcissistic spectrum. Uh, let's suppose that we, we think of somebody who's that a malignant narcissist, someone who's a psychopath, and they have such a severe type of immorality that it's typified by an incredibly low regard for another person's basic humanity. I mean, it's just they can be cold-blooded. Uh, they can prey upon somebody else's weaknesses. They can destroy others as proof of how powerful they are. You know, don't mess with me. 
And when you have somebody that's that far gone and, and it's that deeply embedded in their character, they don't leave a whole lot of room for uh, imagination uh, or question. It's just right there in, in uh, living technicolor, as we used to say way back in the day. But then just as, uh, as narcissism is a pattern on a spectrum, so is evil. There are some people that may not be quite that far gone, and they, they may not be all the way down to the far end where they're a total psychopath, and yet on the other end of the spectrum where uh, the narcissism remains, evil individuals see life as a competition. They see people in uh, with a kind of a built-in uh, adversarial mode. It's like, I know that you're up to no good, and of course there's a lot of projection going on there, I know that you have all sorts of schemes towards me or uh, you just are selfish yourself. And again, lots of projection. What I'm going to do is I'm going to beat you to the punch. Uh, you think that you can just be yourself and I have to just go along with you. Imagine that. Uh, so what I'll do is I'm going to prove to you that I am a force to be reckoned with. I can either dominate you or I can be dominated by you. And that's how they look at relationships. And so they, of course, choose domination. And, and as a result, uh, they, can, uh, they can have a sense of awareness of what might be right and what might be wrong. But you see, that doesn't become the deciding feature for them. When they engage with you, the deciding feature is which one of us is going to walk away in charge? Which one of us is going to walk away being the victor? Which one of us is going to walk away being the, the person who's a force to be reckoned with? And so they have this, this, uh, this consummate need to be one up. And if they wind up killing your spirit in the process, so be it. That's what they want to do. But let's keep in mind that they, they make very strong and conscious, deliberate decisions to uh, bypass a moral code. They can make strong and deliberate decisions to bypass ethics, all in the name of dominating you. Dominate or be dominated. Now, let, let's, let's go a little bit further. And I want to see if we can uh, zero in on certain indicators that would tell us if you're dealing with somebody who has this strong evil bent. Uh, one of the first things that we're going to say about a person who is inclined in this direction is that these are people who actually derive pleasure by watching others hurt and by watching others experience misery. And I want to pause, and I know that some of you who have followed me for a while, you know that one of my huge pet peeves, and that, that doesn't say it strongly enough, is in the entertainment business, we have so many shows now where uh, there's blow them up and kill them and, uh, you know, all the, these psychopathic and sociopathic people, you know, coming after you. And, and I'm so amazed that so many people want to cheer it on. Like, yeah, boy, that was a great movie. They just, they were mean and they were awful. And they, uh, they have this, uh, this sense of entertainment when they watch things like that. That's evil. When, when there's a, uh, imposition of pain onto another person deliberately. And then when they walk away thinking, <laughs> I showed them, 
something is very wrong. And then when we as a culture can, uh, can observe that happening and we can say, wow, that was entertainment, something is very wrong there. So deriving pleasure by another person's pain and misery is something that I don't find entertaining. And, and certainly in real life, it's not something that anyone is going to want to experience. Uh, another indicator uh, that says that a person has a bent toward evil is that they will actually make the, the victim of their inappropriate behavior to be the one who's the problem. So let's suppose that scorch earth kind of a mentality. They will uh, make you miserable. They can throw rage at you. They can hold on to grudges. In fact, that's another indicator. They don't just hold on to grudges, but they hold on to hate and they hold on to contempt. Uh, and sometimes they can do so even when there's no particular reason to do so. It's just that's the way they're bent, and they have such an attitude of entitlement that they absolutely cannot stand it when someone doesn't go along with whatever it is that they want. In addition, uh, instead of them dealing with their own guilt in a, a situation, what they'll do is they'll uh, displace any of their emotion onto you. For example, let's suppose that that evil uh, person has been caught red-handed doing something wrong or saying something wrong. And instead of them thinking, you know, I really am guilty, it's like, you know what? If I did anything wrong, it's because you're such an awful person. You're a terrible partner. You're, you, did, you did something that set me up for this. And so they can't access their own guilt in a healthy kind of way. They go into blame and accusation. And then in addition, another defining feature of, uh, of the evil style of narcissism is that they are completely unimpressed by another person's needs or feelings or unique struggles. And particularly if a person has, uh, let's say, some frailties, it's like, I don't care about that kind of stuff. I am unimpressed when I see you in a struggling kind of mode. So when, when we talk about uh, individuals who are uh, bent toward evil, we, we're talking about people who have an upside down view of what life is all about. Uh, like I say, dominate versus being dominated. They, they have no conception of love. They have no conception of a common and shared decency between yourself and them. They have no sense of mutual respect. They have no mutual regard. Instead, all they want is to, uh, to be on top. And uh, whatever the cost is to you, they don't care. They have no desire or no willingness to be held accountable and to, to say, you know, well, I need to adjust my, uh, my actions to, uh, you know, uh, fit with you. They, they, there's no sense of harmonizing. Uh, they have no uh, desire for heart connection, okay? Now, I know that it's kind of depressing to think about this, isn't it? I know as many of you are, are uh, listening, it's like, oh, I can cite several people that would fall into this kind of category. And then I want you to think, well, when you are exposed to these individuals and they have this bent towards these evil kinds of episodes, what does it do to you? You know, what kind of things do we need to watch for inside yourself that illustrates it's getting to me and it's wearing me out. Well, there are multiple things uh, that we can say that uh, are on the inside of you and, uh, and we want to listen to what it's saying very carefully. When you're exposed to an evil individual, over time, 
you find yourself feeling defeated. I have had so many times in my counseling office where a person would come into my office and they're talking about a certain individual who's difficult to engage with and they've done all sorts of things to create emotional duress. And instead of saying, I know that we can figure this out, they'll come to my office and say the exact opposite. It's like, I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do anymore. Uh, and I, I feel like I've lost myself. One of the things that I say about the uh, the evil individual, the malignant narcissist, people of that bent, is they want to empty you of yourself and they want to fill you with them. And so uh, they're the victor and you're the one who's uh, who's been uh, conquered by them. And so many times when you think, yeah, I, I feel so, uh, so defeated, there's no use in me even speaking up or standing up for myself. Another indicator that implies that you've succumbed to the evil person is sometimes you may actually find yourself, particularly in public, making excuses on behalf of that narcissistic person. Let's suppose that uh, it, it comes to light that that narcissist has said something very harsh and mean-spirited, and there are times when uh, a person can come along and say, well, he was just having a bad day, or she had a difficult childhood, or something like that. And it's like, well, <laughs> a lot of people have had a bad day, and a lot of people have had a difficult childhood, but they don't do evil toward other individuals. But sometimes you make excuses on behalf of that person, and it's your way of trying to hedge your vulnerability. It's like, well, if the narcissist finds out that I'm actually saying you know, halfway decent things about them, and I'm trying to show understanding, then maybe I'll be in their favor. And it, it's, a, it's a sick kind of way of trying to be on their good side, Another Im implication that you've succumbed to their evil initiatives is you find yourself in public playing a role that really isn't you. How many times have you um, been behind the scenes, whether it's at work or in a social setting, family, marriage, uh, even with your uh, kids, particularly as they get older? How many times have you thought, I've got to keep up the veneer? I have to try to show that I'm a team player, that I uh, have good things going on in my life. And so you smile when in fact you're dying inside or you try to go along as if life is good and dandy and you're happy and everything's okay when in fact not really. Another indicator is uh, you might go in the other direction and think, I just want to withdraw. And it may be that you're the kind of person that enjoys being around people, but you've been so worn down by that harsh and condescending treatment that it's like, I, I just, I'd rather just stay home and be around nobody because it's like your reserve energy is just shot. It's spent, it's gone, it's nowhere. Another indicator that implies that you've uh, come under their spell, so to speak, is that sometimes you begin ruminating about yourself uh, with respect to what you might've done differently. Well, maybe if I hadn't said this, or I know that this bothers that person, so maybe if I had done A instead of B, then they wouldn't have been so irritable. And of course, uh, the implication is you're actually tacitly trying to take responsibility for that person's wrong behavior because uh, they've trained you to think that way, frankly. And, and, but you, you find yourself doing the second guessing. Well, if only I could be better at this or less than that. And it's like, no, that's not your responsibility. But nonetheless, sometimes you do that. 
Another indicator that says that you've succumbed to their evil intentions is sometimes you have uh, physical issues. You may go into a depression. You may have an undertow of anxiety. You may have sleep disruptions. You may be inclined towards uh, physical dis-ease. A wide variety of, of, uh, of ingredients that's psychosomatic, in other words. It may be that you find another indicator that you've succumbed to them is you uh, enter into arguments that you know are going to be non-productive, you know it's not going to translate into anything new and better, but you still enter into the arguments anyway. And it's like, well, it's almost like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And of course, you're a lesser person for having done so. On our website, survivingnarcissism.tv, we offer various courses one of them is entitled, This is Me, Establishing Boundaries Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Inside each of my courses, I break it down into modules, and then each module consists of various lessons that have a video, written materials, and questions for personal reflection. And inside This is Me, we talk about uh, defining who you want to be and then staying inside that definition. We discuss assertiveness skills, how to stay strong without being defensive, if you would be interested in, in enrolling in this course or any of the others that we have, go to our website, click the courses link, and you'll receive all the information for how you can enroll. I hope you would find them to be quite helpful. And now back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. Another indicator is you can have flashbacks uh, in, in your memories where you begin reminding yourself, I had this experience and I can't get it out of my mind and that person's had all sorts of maltreatment toward you and you just can't dismiss it. So there are all sorts of indicators on the inside of you that says, yes, I have been impacted and I've got to do something about it. So I, I think we need to, uh, to go a, a little bit further and ask, what is it that we need to understand about these individuals so that you can make sure that you don't get sucked into their dominance, which is what they're wanting. Uh, what is it about them that you need to understand so that you can have uh, what I would refer to as a psychological distance? Well, there are certain truths that I'm hoping you can hold on to and remember so that you can, in fact, uh, stay on your path towards healthiness. Uh, first, let's keep in mind that a person who chooses, and I use that word very specifically, when a person chooses to give priority to evil behaviors, I'm going to use the word loser, and I don't want to use it in the playground kind of sense, oh, you're just a loser, but these individuals are losers in life. Uh, they're losers in the sense that they don't get it. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we talk about how narcissists, uh, try to turn relationships into a competition. Actually, the best way to win in relationships is you don't try to win. You don't look at relationships as being a competition. But when you look at people as someone to dominate, when you look at people as someone to conquer, that that's an individual who's trying to uh, to overcome their sense of inadequacy. And so in a very backwards kind of way, they're actually declaring, 
I fear my the potential of me having the loser's um, uh, status in my life. So I have to be a winner. I have to dominate you. But uh, on the inside, they they have this sense that says, I'm dreadfully afraid of being a nobody. I'm dreadfully afraid of being, um, you know, conquered because there are all sorts of things that people got to know me uh, through and through that would not uh, turn out very good. So that's what I mean when I say they, they approach life as somebody who has lost uh, when in fact, if they were just to open up and say, I have my humanity, may I share it with you? And you say, well, I have mine. I'd like to share mine with you. And, and if we can talk back and forth in that kind of way, then it wouldn't be a win-lose kind of thing, but they can't think that way. Or another truth to remember is when a person is given over to evil, particularly on a pretty persistent uh, basis, these are fundamentally unhappy individuals. Now, many of them would not at all be willing to admit I'm depressed or uh, I have uh, lots of anxiety or insecurity on the inside of me, but take a look at how they conduct themselves. The best way you can determine where a person stands in those kind of uh, things is not by their spoken word, but by their behaviors. Evil individuals are driven by despair. They're driven by pessimism. One of the things we say is that narcissists think of themselves as being a victim. When a person goes into that evil mode, uh, remember, it's dominate or be dominated. They have this negative uh, notion that says, well, if I just show up out there, people are out to get me. If I just uh, am me and I allow the full spectrum of who I am uh, be known, pluses, minuses, strengths, weaknesses, it is not going to work out well. So they, they actually um, begin engagements with a deep sense of pessimism to the point of sometimes of paranoia. And, and they just have a, a, a natural sense of despair and futility that guides them. And so it's very easy for them to access the negative emotion that goes along with that kind of belief system. Now, along with this, and I'm kind of uh, uh, saying this without saying it, uh, these are individuals. Another thing to remember is these are individuals who have very low self-esteem. What does it say about, and, and by the way, I've, I've actually been asked uh, this question multiple times. Uh, Dr. C., you talk about uh, narcissists uh, having low self-esteem. They come across as so confident and so dominant. Uh, and I, I think, wait a minute, uh, you're, you're just looking strictly at the veneer there. What does it say about a person who says, well, the best way for me to esteem myself is to diminish you? That's how they think. And it's, it's like, that's not exactly a vote of confidence for who they are. Uh, in healthy situations, you can say, well, the best way for me to esteem myself is to uh, tune into the notion of dignity and respect and love and goodness. And I want to know that those are inherent ingredients inside of me. And I see that it's inherent ingredients inside of you. And if that thought ever uh, was introduced to these individuals, it's like, nah, I don't want to think that way. And so that they, they have low self-esteem, but they attempt to build it up falsely by saying, well, actually, if there's anyone in the crowd here that's low, it's you, not me. Now, uh, along with this, and uh, another thing, a truth to remember about these individuals, and I don't think this would come as a shock to any of you, 
an incredibly high percentage of these individuals. And when I say incredibly high, let, let's say close to 100%. I know you're not supposed to say 100%. It's okay, 99%, but it's really 100 They already have a history of having felt demeaned. Someone in their life, and often it's several someones in their life, have done to them what they are now doing to you. And these are individuals who have been on the receiving end of another person's maltreatment, another person's disgust, another person's rejection. And, and as a result, they uh, have such a, a low capacity to sift it all out and come to terms with it and understand the meaning of it. Instead of them saying, yeah, I need to grapple with all of that. It's like, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it back on to you. Uh, but make no mistake, these are individuals who have so had have such a history of, of, of maltreatment that they've decided, well, the way to, to respond to that is to become the giver of maltreatment. You see, if I give it, then that way I win. And it's a twisted logic, but it, it, it shows you that they've never really uh, learned the skill of managing emotions well. They've heard words like love and freedom and equality, but they've done next to nothing to claim ownership of those words and what that would mean. Another thing for you to remember about these individuals who go into that direction of evil is they have a very low appreciation for future thinking. Now, when I say future thinking, let's suppose that I'm angry and I just have this impulse to shout and scream at someone. But then I think, well, wait a minute. If I shout and scream, where is this going to take me? And it's not going to enhance my position. It's only going to make me look foolish and it's going to harm the other individual. And whatever good that I would hope to, uh, to gain from it is not going to happen. That's what I refer to when I refer to future thinking. Where is this headed? What's the likely outcome? Evil, narcissistic individuals don't have future thinking. All they know is I'm mad right now or I'm displeased right now or I need to get you to do my bidding. And they don't particularly care what the future holds because their thinking is, well, I'm struggling right now and I'm going to make you pay for it. And, and they, they have no particular need to, to question, you know, what's the outcome of this. Uh, and as, as a result, they just keep on repeating the same old patterns over and over because they don't learn. So I'm hoping that all of this as part of my discussion can give you an idea that says evil is a very real ingredient. And evil tends to run parallel with narcissism. And like I say, just as narcissism is on a spectrum, so is evil. And people can come in and out of that. And so as you have an awareness of this uh, tendency, I hope that you can ask yourself, well, how am I going to respond when I'm inclined to kind of go into the counterflow with the same kind of ingredients in reverse? And this is where my word boundaries comes in. And when I say boundaries, you want to have your boundaries with that person. And sometimes it means you say no, or sometimes it means you don't engage with them. But boundaries begins with the thought that says, I know who I am. 
I know what ingredients that I want to have predominant in my personality. I know the qualities that I want to project when I'm in public, and it's not phony. It's the real deal. I've thought through my philosophy of life. I stand for love and dignity and respect and all of those kind of things. And so I'm hoping that you, as you see other individuals who just are taken over by their evil, I'm hoping you can think someone in this equation needs to, uh, uh, to have a sense of decency, and that's going to be me. And then as a result, another thing that we can say is when you know that you're with somebody who uh, chooses not to do anything with their evil, but you have this better alternative, I'm hoping you can decide, you know, until further notice, uh, I'm not going to engage with this person on any kind of deep level. I'm certainly not going to expose my personal needs or vulnerabilities. I'm going to connect with other individuals who do know what to do with my humanity, and it's not going to be this person. And so you, you keep your distance. And then ultimately, I'm hoping you can decide these individuals have specifically chosen, and it's so important to, to understand that, they've specifically chosen to go into the dark direction. I'm going to choose to walk toward the light. I'm going to choose the high road. I'm going to choose goodness and decency, not because I should or not because I'm supposed to, but because I just like it that way. That's, who I, that's how I want to define me. So I'm hoping that as you have an awareness of this tendency and you understand what it is and how some individuals actually commit themselves to that pattern of, of evil, I'm hoping you can decide, I can do better, I will be better, I cannot associate with somebody who's going to bring me down, I'm on team healthy, and I'm going to be someone who decides uh, I'm living in DRC, uh, dignity, respect, and civility. So I hope this gives you some good things to think through. And um, again, I, I so appreciate you allowing me to be on your journey with you. Uh, thanks for being here with me. And next time that we gather together, I hope that I'm going to have some other things that are going to be stimulating. Stay strong. And I'm hoping you can be a person of uh, stability and a person of peace. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We are so glad to have you on Team Healthy.